0: The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded January 14th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. You've tuned in to Inside the Artist Studio. On this episode, Sean Newton sits down with Jeremy Witten, whose new project Baby J uses classic country sounds to elevate its pop music core to a more dynamic and interesting place. Baby J released the phenomenal album Someday Cowboy in October of 2018 while Witten was living in Edmonton. Almost immediately after its release, he relocated to Brooklyn for school while Someday Cowboy picked up traction in the country he no longer called home. The album was loved at the Cups and Cakes network and was made a pick of the week upon its release. Then at the end of the year, the record landed on the Cups and Cakes top 25 albums of 2018. And now, for your listening pleasure, we are pleased to present an interview with Baby Jay. Hello and welcome to Inside
1: the Artist Studio with the Cups and Cakes Network. I'm Sean Newton. Today we have Jeremy Witten of Baby J in with us from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. How you you finding Brooklyn? Brooklyn's great. Uh, That's where I live. It's not where I go to school, so I'm
2: currently doing my master's at the new school, so that's in Manhattan. Uh, But I live in Bushwick and... uh, Take the train to school every day. Okay. Yeah. Go back when I'm done and work on some songwriting or recording and whatnot.
1: Yeah, cool. I'm not nuts in that it, like, uh, I feel like my geography of all of kind of New York City, Manhattan is all slightly fuzzy. Uh, Brooklyn's right across the river. Right? It is. Like, yeah. Right across, across the East river. East, East river. East River. East River. Yeah. Then, okay. Where is Queens in relation to all of this? So Queens is just north of Brooklyn, but okay. also across the East River. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So do you do you I guess spend most of your time then actually in Brooklyn or are you like I guess because school is in Manhattan?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm taking like three courses a week. Okay. Um, so three days a week I'm you know in Manhattan all day, sitting in the library or you know doing research and writing papers, working on homework, going to classes, whatnot. Uh, the other four days of the week, I mainly just hang out in my neighborhood and uh work on recording stuff or you know everything i need is in my neighborhood so it's like a grocery store a block away yeah a couple convenience stores on the corner uh a couple bars and record stores close by so there's no real reason that i would need to you know spend the money to go into the city
1: so do you do most of your gigging then in brooklyn or are you traveling kind of in and around uh new york as well
2: We haven't played any shows outside Brooklyn. Gotcha. Lots of the venues are in Bushwick or Greenpoint, which are both neighborhoods in Brooklyn. And then also, there's one neighborhood called Ridgewood in Queens, which borders Bushwick. And there are a few venues there as well. We haven't played any of those yet, but we go to shows there and stuff.
1: So are you mostly gigging there as a a solo act, or do you have a band that you play with in Brooklyn as well?
2: Right. Yeah, uh, well, Dean was living in New York this past fall. He was doing an internship at Daptone. And so when we played together, uh, he had a drum machine with him. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, or it was like a sampler that we had loaded drums, drum beats onto and whatnot right. and some other samples. And then he plays bass and, uh, does a drum programming for the show, I play guitar and keyboards and kind of switch back and forth. Gotcha. And then, uh, you know, I would have the vocal mic. And so we were able to kind of imitate the sound of the full band by using drum samples and yeah. bass and guitar and vocal.
1: How do you feel that that stuff plays differently when you're kind of using, like, a more kind of pared-down ensemble as opposed to a full band? I guess, like, the only th- real
2: you know major difference in the sound is the lack of pedal steel right so then the countryness doesn't come through as much okay Mm -hmm. and they just kind of sound like pop rock songs or whatever so
1: out of curiosity then i guess why did you choose those kind of country conventions like the lap steel to kind of run things through and i guess actually do you feel like those things then play differently in brooklyn for example than they do in edmonton or alberta yeah,
2: well, people know that we're from Alberta, and so there's lot. I mean, there's lots of uh, country music in Alberta or whatever. That's like the joke. <laughs> um, so we're having fun with just playing around with the cowboy image for sure, um, and trying to, you know, do something new with it. Um, and yeah, because the cowboy kind of uh, archetype is so well known and. Pervasive in lots of pop culture. I think the joke translates
1: whether we're playing in Edmonton, for sure, or playing in New York. You yeah. know. So I, I feel like I've talked about Dean Kruifi in like eight different interviews here because he's in like eighty. He's a very versatile years. musician. Yeah. And
2: uh, he he is able to learn and remember songs really well. He learns them quickly and then he remembers them forever. It seems like yeah. so. He has this talent that, uh, you know, I haven't seen with other people where I don't know how he does it. Like, he's got hundreds of songs memorized after playing them, like, once.
1: Right. Uh, does Does he help to do some writing and stuff then as well? or?
2: Yeah, just recently we uh, have started kind of co-writing on some stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... Um, Obviously, he he has his own project, Aladine Karufi, and he's the lead, obviously the lead writer for that project, um, the sole writer for that project. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, both his solo project and the stuff that I'm doing in Baby J, like the like, kind of like pop rock, soft rock kind of vibe, and so um, there's lots of overlap between for his sure. writing and my writing. Um, so even if um, there might be a song where I was the sole writer for I might still show it to him and ask him what he thinks and that kind of sure. thing
1: yeah so uh, I guess when uh, when you sit down to work on a collection of songs like yeah like Someday Cowboy which came out this year uh, actually also one of the Cups and Cakes best albums of 2018 oh cool yeah uh, thank I should you should mention that yeah uh, so when you I guess when you sit down to work on a record like that uh, have you mostly written kind of like uh, acoustic stuff and and vocal lines, or do you have kind of uh, full instrumentation in mind before you kind of bring it to someone like Dean, for example?
2: Yeah, um, we had already played those songs live at a few shows. Okay. With Dean and Trevor and Connor, and so everyone knew the songs, and it was basically a thing of, hey, we know these songs really well. Let's, um, you know, record them. While they're really polished sounding. Right. You know, before we all forget them. <laughs> Except Dean. He'll remember them for eternity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how that went. And, um, yeah, a lot of the band, like, Dean takes a lot of leadership there where he'll say, you know, he'll say to the drummer, like, oh, I think, you know, you should be playing quarter notes instead of eighth notes or th- things like that. Right. And also Dean had some input about... Like which singles we would release, what song would be the first single, what song would be the second single, that kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah, he's definitely a valuable part of the team.
1: Is uh, And then, too, it was produced by, is it Mitch Holtby? Yep, Mitch Holtby. Cool, I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> uh, A.K.A. Mitch Maddock. Are, is there, are, are there, I guess, simil- similar types of input coming from him in that sense? Or is he kind of more uh, there on, like, a technical Yeah, role? a little bit of both. We had to
2: kind of first send Mitch demos and kind of tell him the vision for the record. Right. Um, but he's a really talented uh, engineer and producer. He's really good at mixing. Um and so yeah after we kind of described what we wanted uh mitch was able to execute that really well and um yeah certain things he would take the lead on he would say like oh i think this would sound better like this you know and other things like he might not even tell me he might just be you know spending some time like eqing the drums or whatever right he doesn't tell me that he's doing that or ask for my input but he just knows that's going to make it sound substantially better and so for sure he's doing that on his own time
1: uh, h- how do you think about because because I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of flavors on the record in terms of just like there's yeah some country stuff and there's also some more kind of soul sounding things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one tune that sounds really McCartney-ish to me. Right. Uh, h- h- how do you how do you think about kind of getting all of those tracks to seem I guess stylistically consistent for mm-hmm. track, track on the record? I think a big part
2: of that was recording the record you know, from beginning to end, over the span of two days. Um, When you're, you know, playing it all on the same instruments and the vocal takes are, you know, recorded, you know, around the same time instead of, you know, one day you wake up feeling all groggy and, you know, then you record a track and then the next day your voice is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that it was all recorded so quickly, I think lends to it um, having a kind of cohesive feel. Also, it was all, like, mixed down on the same board. And, like, all the equipment is the same. So even if there are some stylistic changes, there are certain
1: elements that make it feel kind of cohesive. Well, the performances on the drums and bass, particularly on the record, are are one thing that give it a pretty consistent character to each song.
2: Yeah, and then uh, the other thing is that, like, even if there are slight changes in, like, the feel of a song and this song is like a little bit country feeling or the song's a bit more r&b f- feeling like on the whole the record's just a pop record right. and there are certain you know elements or styles of like pop music that would be emulated in a country song the same way they would in like an r&b song because those are both kind of pop music genres
1: right yeah
2: it's just kind of different
1: flavors right on the top. yeah Oh, I feel like we skipped over this before, by the way. What are you actually in school for in Manhattan?
2: Right, yeah. So, um, I did my Bachelor of Arts in Music at the U of A. Okay. And a substantial amount of my coursework was in ethnomusicology. Um, I was taking courses with Michael Frischkopf and Regula Qureshi at the U of A. And um, they are both ethnomusicologists. So, yeah, that's an incredible... Uh, a really interesting discipline you get to lis- listen to music from all over the world for sure and um, yeah just explore what it means in it's in those respective cultures and societies
1: uh, do you feel like learning about music in that way has changed the way that you think about the music that you write
2: yeah oh sometimes not always um, there were some courses I took where we didn't actually listen to very much music Uh, it was very theoretical and we're talking about race and gender and social issues and that kind of thing we might be talking about the role that music plays in a certain society or certain culture but not actually listening to very much um, music and I find that for my kind of songwriting side, you know, it's only like the music that I listen to that starts to kind of seep into my mind and a certain rhythm or chord progression might for catch sure. my ear and then I might try to write a variation on it or something like that okay but yeah there were definitely lots of th- I mean I learned lots of different styles and learned about lots of different uh, musical instruments and things like that when I was studying ethnomusicology so definitely that stuff influences me to some
1: extent for sure I and then, are you studying something similar now? Then, because
2: so, yeah, now I'm doing a master's of arts in New York, cool. and my thesis is on. Uh, well, I'm researching vaudeville and minstrelsy okay. and uh, jubilee, like gospel singing. So, it's a lot of stuff from like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay, some of which isn't even like recorded. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's different from what I was doing in my bachelor's, but it's still kind of historical music from a different time and place
1: okay well we're gonna move on to the second half of the interview here we do a uh, rapid fire round of questions they tend to be just kind of more fun less uh press junket type thing so uh let's go cool let's hit it sick okay uh coffee versus tea hmm i would have to say coffee even though
2: um i really like tea I wish I could say tea. I'm
1: sadly addicted to coffee, and I drink it all the time. Yeah, just I like waking up in the morning type thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel that. I uh, prefer uh, like kind of fiction or non-fiction type written mm-hmm. material. <laughs> n- mainly
2: non-fiction, uh, but it's again kind of like a guilty thing. I wish I could read more n-
1: fiction, but for school, I'm constantly reading non-fiction. Yeah. Do you feel like you'd you'd <laughs> i feel like i always talk to people who are in school about this but do you, uh, do you feel like you'd read more if you weren't doing school necessarily or like
2: have i don't more freedom i, I don't guess? yeah of course i would have more freedom i don't think i would read more because <laughs> in school i'm having to read so much last semester i had to read three books in one week once okay. and one of those books was like over 300 pages yeah uh, so it was just you know i must have read i don't even know how many pages i read that Week, but it was insane. Yeah, you gotta get through just a lot of endless days of you know, like a 12 hour day of just reading. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm taking some notes. Yeah, uh, first car you've ever had. Uh, first car was a Ford Focus hatchback, I think. Uh, and I bought it when I was in Plattsburgh, New York. Okay, yeah, I needed to. Well, actually. I bought it because Plattsburgh is a border town. Okay. It's right on the border of Quebec and New York State. Gotcha. And uh, I was doing some recording in Montreal, and I knew I'd be crossing the border a lot. Right. There's no subway system or anything convenient like that. So I bought a car in Ontario and then drove it over the border, and I would take it. To Quebec sometimes on weekends when I was recording.
1: Gotcha. How how far is uh how far is Montreal from the border? Like uh, it's about an hour, I would say. Okay, It's closer than I thought it was. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, weirdest job you've ever had. Weirdest job. Hmm. I was a uh,
2: research assistant to a gastroenterologist. Okay. At the U of A hospital for about a year, so I was looking at images of. People's guts.
1: <laughs> that's that's a long time to stick yeah. with that.
2: <laughs> and digitizing slides, because um, this professor, I think he was a professor emeritus, or he had been, he had been, you know, teaching for quite a long time. Right. And so he was making the transition from slides to PowerPoint and things gotcha. like that for his lectures. Gotcha. Yeah. Transition from slides to. Yep. Yeah. Slides Ooh. to PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. So we had a a slide scanner that had a usb connection yeah i was
1: scanning all these slides of people's guts (laughs) definitely (laughs) a pretty weird job yeah uh is there an album that kind of like spurred your love of music
2: Mm, yeah there are quite a few um i really like the album *Hajira* by joni mitchell okay and um Fantasy by Carol King. Um Illmatic by Nas. Um Donuts by Jay Dilla. <laughs> uh yeah, there's certain records that I just listen to over and over again. Giant Steps by John Coltrane.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do you find that when you listen to music you're kind of more more likely to listen to one thing like over and over again as opposed to switching between a bunch of different yeah. records? Yeah. Um
2: and that's just by choice. I know not everyone's like that, but I try to, like, dig into an artist's discography and listen to it in chronological order. Oh, okay. So right now I'm doing that with, like, a soul singer named Millie Jackson. Oh, okay. And I just started with the first record, got to know it really well, listened to the next record. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah.
1: Is there a particular reason you do that? or? I,
2: just, I think it's cool to kind of hear how artists developed over time. Right. And you can get you know the greatest hits and hear a bunch of incredible songs, but then you don't really get a sense for what the artist was doing creatively, for sure. And so that's why I kind of try to listen to things in chronological order.
1: Okay, I'd imagine then too. You probably listen to mostly like albums as opposed to making playlists. Yeah, or...
2: I definitely do make playlists, but that comes after listening
1: to an album. Fair. Yeah. Uh, let's do a cake versus pie. Pie. Easy one. Man, I think you're the first person who
2: said pie. Really? Yeah, I just hate cake. I'm not a big sweets person. (laughs) I don't like um, dessert in general. I like dark chocolate with coffee.
1: Right. And I like some pie, definitely. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Is there an artist or band that you would open for, given the chance?
2: Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, uh, It'd be cool to play with, like, uh, to open for, like, Daniel Romano or, like... Okay. Chad Van Galen or somebody you know who's like a bigger name in Canada who's <laughs> doing uh, you know folk or country influenced
1: music. Yeah uh, if you could uh, meet any of your like musical heroes, would you choose to do that or would you choose to kind of avoid that situation? Uh,
2: I think I would do it and I've heard from so many people like, no, you don't want to do that because you'll realize that your, your hero is actually a jerk. <laughs> Um, But I think knowing that and hearing that has, like, you know, I've got, th- you know, tough skin. I'm not going to be insulted yeah. if some person, you know, were to say something or
1: yeah. whatever. Have you had interactions with any people like that? Or you've kinda...
2: I met Melvin Van Peebles in New York, who's, like, a filmmaker and songwriter. Okay. Yeah. Um, his son is Mario Van Peebles, uh, who's a
1: great name.
2: Right, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was cool. Um, and then I've obviously met lots of musicians from Edmonton. For sure. Yeah. Uh, sports
1: versus board games versus video games.
2: Uh, definitely not video games. I guess I would have to say sports. Okay. I'd rather play us like I'd rather play hockey than a board game, but I still think board games are really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do you,
1: do you watch a lot of hockey then? Or?
2: No, don't have time. Yeah. In New York, all my roommates are baseball fans. Oh, yeah. And so I've started watching baseball with my roommates. Uh, best movie you've seen recently? Uh, what is a movie I just saw? I just saw Five Easy Pieces. Oh, okay. Uh, which is with Jack Nicholson gotcha it was kind of interesting i wouldn't i don't know if it was great i mean some people call it spectacular (laughs) but it's kind of an old movie gotcha and he's kind of a jerk in the movie so
1: (laughs) is there a show that you have watched all of that you really shouldn't have or like i guess worse netflix binge
2: so something weird about me is i don't watch tv at all okay uh Other than, like, when I was a kid, I watched The Simpsons. I've seen a lot of The Simpsons. Yeah, I feel that. But, um, yeah, for the most part, like, I didn't really grow up with very much TV. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like I'm missing a lot of, like, inside jokes or, like, cultural references because so many people watch TV, and I just, I don't know why I don't watch TV, but I
1: just never do. Uh... Is, is there a band or artist that you've been kind of wanting to get into or that people have told you to listen to that you just kind of haven't uh, gotten around to? Uh,
2: Yeah, I haven't listened to the new Mitski record, which I think was like the number one played album on college radio in Canada and the U.S. in yeah. 2018. So I need to hear that. Also, it's called Be the Cowboy. <laughs> so there's some cowboy connection that I... Yeah, so I want to listen to that.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm in the same place I've... I haven't heard it. Haven't heard I it yet. Heard so many people. Yeah, talk I did. About it.
2: I did see Mitski do a session at KEXP, like a live oh, session I, in Seattle when I was there. That was really cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't know definitely they had
1: super audiences for those.
2: Yeah, um, it's I know like a guy who works there, so it's like a small little booth. Um, but I think some of them they let you know audiences for. Yeah. But, I've watched a lot of this. Yeah. It was like about 10 or 15 people huddled in a booth watching Mitsuki play.
1: Oh, cool. That's super neat. Yeah. Uh, I think pretty much got, uh, one, one of these here questions left. Uh, do you have any, uh, local bands or, or, uh, musicians that you think are just like really great, either local to Edmonton or Brooklyn?
2: Yeah. Um, obviously Dean's project, Aladine Karufi, and, uh, Trevor's band The Pedal Tones um, Yeah all the great Edmonton bands Like uh, I like uh, The new Amy Van Keeken Record Okay um, There's a new guy Named Sam Wolf Who's been playing Around Edmonton A little bit uh, Who plays like Kind of like Old style Like folk And country and Stuff but it's, He has an Incredible voice
1: Okay cool. um, Yeah Sister Ray. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's, that's, uh, I, th- I think that's going to do it here for today. We usually kind of wrap things up by uh, playing a, a tune of your choice. Uh, is there a particular uh, song off the record that you want us to play? Sure, yeah. If you guys want to play Hannah Holiday's Son, the
2: uh, opening track of the record.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, this, is, uh, this has been Inside the Artist Studio. We got... Uh, uh, baby Jay in the studio to come talk to us jeremy thanks yeah. uh thanks for coming in
2: yeah thanks so much for
1: having me
3: Look back. Bye.
0: This episode of Cups and Cakes Presents was produced by Sean Newton. The featured track was played with permission from Baby J. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowerecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.